0: Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The hymn that we are focusing on this Advent season begins with the word once. For the next four weeks, we'll focus on that theme, the each verse, and especially the first word of each verse. So, once. Once at a point in time, that is, a time in the past. Once he came in blessing, Jesus came to fulfill the promise made to the first parents, to Adam and Eve, after they ate of the forbidden fruit and brought the world into sin and corruption, and with sin came death. So then, at the appointed time, in the fullness of time, God sent his only begotten son. As we sang, once he came in blessing, all our sins redressing. The Gospel of John, of which we heard from our third reading tonight, begins with these words. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And then a few verses ahead, it says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testifies that all things were made through the word god of course spoke and made out uh, out of nothing everything that came into being but here in john we learn that john is referring to specifically god the son when he is speaking of the word the word made flesh the word was god that is the word has always been the eternal Son of God, that is, Jesus is God himself. So that occurred in eternity. The Sonship of the Father. Can't even say it occurred, because it's just true. It's always been that way. The Father, the Son, is the only begotten Son of the Father from all eternity. So then, now we have a certain time in history once the the Son of God became flesh and he made his dwelling among us. So while the incarnation occurred once, we now believe, teach, and confess as the scriptures clearly teach us that Jesus, who became man, remains man, and will be man for the rest of time. Yes, he is the Son of God. He is God. That attribute of God has not changed. But now we confess that he became man He tabernacled or dwelled among us. He is our Emmanuel. He is God with us. And we rejoice in that reality. This Jesus is our Lord God. He is begotten of the Father from all eternity, and he is true man, for he is born of the Virgin Mary. Tonight's reading from John begins with John the Baptist standing with two of his disciples. John sees Jesus and he declares, Behold the Lamb of God, which echoes the words that John had said of Jesus just the previous day. On that day, John said to some of his disciples, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. As our hymn says, all our sins redressing." That is, Jesus sets aright all of our sins by serving as the sacrificial lamb. The lamb who went to the slaughter. The lamb who was silent before his shears, The lamb on whom the Lord laid the iniquity of us all. The lamb of God who went uncomplaining forth to the cross to shed his innocent blood on our behalf. It is there on the cross the God-man Jesus served as the remedy for our sin, shedding his innocent blood and reconciling us to our Father who is in heaven. And so the hymn continues, came in likeness lowly, Son of God most holy. Surely, that is an apt description of him, for he did bear our sins in his body and he did go to the cross. Two disciples heard John say, Behold the Lamb of God. When John said this, their interest was clearly piqued. One of them was Andrew. Andrew, as our gospel points out, was Andrew or Simon Peter's brother. These two disciples, Andrew and another disciple, followed Jesus. They asked him where Jesus was staying. For even the Son of God himself needs a place to stay, even a place to lay his head. Yet Jesus would later say, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Truly, Jesus came in likeness lowly. When John the Baptist saw Jesus and declared, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world... John also bore witness, recalling our Lord's baptism, and he said these words, which is recorded right before our gospel. I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit, And I have seen and borne witness that this is the Son of God. This is the Son of God who goes to the prophet, John the Baptist, to be baptized. Now, when we are baptized into Christ, we put on Christ. We are clothed with his righteousness. We are buried with his death and raised in his resurrection. We die to sin and we rise to newness of life. As as Peter will teach, baptism saves us. We are forgiven through baptism. God places us into his family, adopts us as his own in our baptism. But what about Jesus, who's already the Son of God, does not need to be adopted into God's family? What about Jesus? Jesus? who already is righteous, who does not need to die to sin or rise to newness of life. Well, Jesus in his baptism was anointed. He is anointed to be the Messiah, the Christ, to bear our sin and serve as our substitute so that he would die in our place in order to grant us the gift of life. What an amazing thing for God to do that he became one of us, a true human being, so that he could shed his blood on the cross and redeem us from all sins, from death, and from the power of the devil. Consider for a moment what things you would be willing to do for a stranger. If somebody you see needs food or clothing or a place to stay, are you quick to feed that person, to clothe that person, Or to house that person? Even more important, are you ready to open your lips, as Andrew did, and direct that person to your Savior Jesus? Or what would you do for someone who has done evil against you? Are you inclined to love that person, to do good to that person, and even accept responsibility for that person? We certainly are not predisposed to do such things, but that is precisely what Jesus has done for you. As we sang, bore the cross to save us, hope and freedom gave us. If you have been working on this week's Bible verse, you will be familiar with these words, by this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. In love, Jesus laid down his life for you. He saw your need. He came to your rescue. Once and for all, Jesus died for you. As it is written, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Once he rose from the dead, never to rise again, as it is written, we know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. And once he accomplished your salvation, as it is written, he entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by the means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. Jesus' ministry which he once did in the flesh, is a ministry that he continues to work even to our day. Even though our Lord Jesus Christ has ascended into heaven, he is not absent, but continues on as our Emmanuel. He serves as our great high priest. He hears our prayers and answers them. He calls us to himself so that we can gather around his gifts and receive his blessings One of the earliest disciples to receive these blessings was Andrew. After meeting Jesus and learning where he is staying, Andrew went and found his brother Peter. And Andrew said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ, or chosen one, anointed one. He brought Peter to Jesus, which is the first recorded event of someone bringing another person to Jesus. And in John chapter 12, Andrew also assists with the first recorded occurrence of someone bringing a Gentile, a Greek, to Jesus. When Andrew was called by Jesus, he left his nets, and even his father, and followed Jesus. After all, Andrew quickly learned the most precious one on earth is his Savior, Jesus, And that's why Andrew led Peter to Jesus. And in a similar way, St. Andrew leads us to Jesus as we, each year, begin the new church year. Today, November 30th, is St. Andrew's Day. Because it is thought that he was martyred on this day in the year of our Lord, sixty. The church year always begins on the Sunday that is the closest to St. Andrew's Day, that is the closest to November 30th, and if you're halfway through a, uh, a week like we are right now on a Wednesday, then you know the church year begins on the Sunday before St. Andrew's Day. The color for today is not blue like we've been using for the color of Advent, the color of hope. But it is the color red because of the fact that Andrew died a martyr's death as he faithfully confessed the faith. Andrew did not want to, according to tradition, be crucified in the same type of cross as our Lord and was crucified on an X-shaped cross. One church theologian wrote this. When St. Andrew was threatened with the cross, he said joyfully, If I feared the punishment of the cross, I would have never preached the mystery of the cross. Then, when he saw the cross, he spoke, Hail, precious cross, you who were dedicated by the body of Christ. May he receive me through you who redeemed me through you. Andrew's Confession of the Faith Is remarkable. It should, though, be unremarkable. For if we truly understand and believe what Jesus did for us, then you would think everyone would be as bold as Andrew was. Let me read to you again what he said If I feared the punishment of the cross, I would have never preached the mystery of the cross. Paul points out that we preach Christ and Him crucified because it is through Him and through His crucifixion that we have the gift of eternal life and salvation. Jesus did this once, and through His sacrificial act, He secured our everlasting life and salvation so that we, in the end, have absolutely nothing to lose, nor will we lose anything, but we will gain everything. For we will follow Andrew and the other martyrs to be with our Lord and enter with him in his eternal kingdom. Thanks be to God. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.